This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey folks, this is your friend Dennis Connor, and we're still talking about the America's Cup. And in this particular podcast, brought to you by Specialty Produce Network, and so we're all set up here for the uh, Challengers final round. The actual Challengers are going to be picked here Saturdays, Sunday, and Monday. And by Monday night, we'll know who the official challenger of the America's Cup is going to be. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. We see uh, Team New Zealand, and they're incredible creative Kiwi team, small but just so good, against Artemis, the the Swedes, and they have a lot going for themselves as well. The uh, skipper, Outreach, is uh, perhaps the best of all the young guys as far as uh, talent, and uh, he has he uh, shown that Artemis can develop the speed to, to win any race if they don't want to make, make any mistakes. They've made some good calls as they've uh, leading up to the America's Cup. They got uh, in the very beginning their smartest move was they hired Peter Bromby, who is the best sailor ever to live in uh, Bermuda, icon, tremendous guy, knows every. He grew up there with he and his brother out at, on the uh, western shore where the America's Cup village is. Key guy knows everything about Bermuda and how to get things done. So they hired Peter Bromby, and. Uh, then the next thing that, uh, that Peter Bromley brought to the table was uh, Dennis Correa, Correa Construction, who builds everything major in uh, Bermuda, including the America's Cup Village. So together with uh, Peter Bromby and Dennis Correa, the, the Artemis got the jump on the best places to stay, the best uh, uh, at, at the least price. And that was, a, in my mind, the logistics involved in the America's Cup, having done this many times, is key to have a – uh, boots on the ground that really can get things done. When you need something, you have a problem that uh, somebody knows knows to where to go, and that's Peter Bromby. So the uh, Artemis team had a uh, big head start. They were the first team down there. They've been practicing there for a long time. They know they know the waters, and in particular, they have a very good uh, weatherman. And uh, we're going to see that weather uh, guy come to fruition uh, as importance as the series goes on. The uh, Team New Zealand, we've talked about them. What have they got? Well, they've got those, uh, they've got those uh, pumps, those bicycle pumps. And so what that does is that uh, allows the crew to generate as much power as they need and uh, in a very quick fashion. And as I mentioned, it give, also gives them one of the grinders a chance to articulate the, the blades as they uh, tack and jive. But what this does is that uh, with that power being able to come onto the hydraulic so fast, they're they're able to tack and tack back or jive and jive back and never lose their power in, in, into the system. So 
that that's a uh, huge advantage. And these guys are creative. I'm not sure of this. I'm not sure of this, but I think that they are. It's possible that they're changing the uh, width of their wings, of of the foils, day to day. Not only the long, light air foils, but the shorter speed foils. But if they do get uh, out there, and they have their heavy air foils in, but they need more lift, they've developed a system that they can put different tips on the bottom of their of their blades, uh, of their foils. So they can increase the the length of these foils, and because of this, they they have uh, they can go up they can go upwind better uh, at more range with their light air foils, and they can come down uh, wind uh, range with their uh, heavy air foils, so that they have much more versatility. So that, that that's a uh, a big plus. The other thing I'm wondering about is the shape of the uh, actual bl- uh, blades themselves. We s- I've noticed that the uh, blades on the on the uh, Swede boat, they come down and they basically make an L shape, almost at right angles. And uh, the Team New Zealand guys, their blade comes down and it has a curve, like a scimitar in- into it. It's actually curved. I-, I Far be it from me to know the difference. You'd have to have an engineer or aerodynamicist to explain it to me. But I can tell that they're different, and you can see that on the uh, broadcast uh, with the Artemis with the straight foils and uh, Team New Zealand with the with the uh, curved foils. So the other thing that uh, could be happening is because of the to- of the TV really running everything. The TV dictates uh, this whole event. Basically. They have 18 minutes for a race, and then they uh, have 18 minutes of talk, 18 minutes for another race, 18 minutes of talk, and 18 for another race, all adding up to your uh, two-hour time limit in the broadcast. But because they need these 18-minute races, it puts a big pressure on the race committee to change the course. So if it's light wind, like we expect today on Saturday, Less than eight knots here in uh, in uh, Bermuda, the the course will be shortened. And if the wind is off to, you know that we're racing on a be- basically a rectangular course here. It's not a normal course where you can change the wind wind remark into the wind. You you only have this box with boundaries all around it, just uh, drawn arbitrarily, uh, and uh, based upon keeping the boats safe and uh, keeping the spectators safe. So you have a rectangular course. Well, think what would happen if the wind is not straight down the rectangle. It's off to one side. Any uh, sailor could tell you then that you're going to have a long leg on either port or starboard if if the course is skewed. So you're going to have a long starboard or a long port. Well, I think if the, you have a good weatherman, remember we talked about the weatherman? He's not only picking the uh, length of the blades, probably it could be at 9 in the morning for a uh, two o'clock race and a long way ahead of time, very critical. But he also has to decide on the uh, length of the foils. And I think there's something else that could be going on here. I've noticed that on uh, one tack, I, I'm pretty sure it was port tack, that the Kiwis are going faster on port than they are on starboard. So on this skewed course, if it was a long port, I think they they may have be able to change the the uh, blades or the tips. On, on the foils to go faster on one tack and slower on the other, much like 
if you wanted to go fast off the starting line on starboard, you could load up all your boat and, and stability with a lot more stability on starboard and, and uh, worry about port later. So this could be going on. They, they're, they're creative, these guys. And imagine changing the shape of your uh, tips so you go faster on one tack than the other because one uh, tack is longer upwind than the other. The other thing that's uh, uh, interesting is that uh, these uh, shape of these foils and the tips can make a big difference on the speed reaching, but not so much difference upwind or downwind. So we're going to have to keep our eye on these foils. The foils seem to me to be the secret and uh, the drama here as we go into these uh, racing here in the Challengers uh, final rounds. So what happens now is that we have, uh, with uh, eight knots of wind, we we see Artemis and uh, Team Zealand come into the uh, starting line, and Team New Zealand trying to uh, be a little more aggressive. Peter Burling's been uh, criticized for not measuring up at the start, so he's try, trying to lead back to the start, but he gets there too early, and he has to tack because they're down at the lo- uh, lower left-hand end of the starting line. He has to tack and, and go. Uh, he doesn't even move the crew. They go two boat lengths and tack back. So he's going like seven knots. Artemis comes from behind at uh, 10 knots faster, 17 knots, blasts right through there. And it's not who crosses the starting line first in these races, folks. It's who gets to that first reaching mark a couple hundred yards away from the starting line first. That really matters. So we, in this ra- uh, first race, you see Artemis uh, uh, get off and up on their up on their skids uh, much quicker, get to Mark One with a three second lead. And to give you some idea of what three seconds is at twenty at uh, twenty five or thirty knots, it's basically one boat length per second. So the boats are about fifty feet. One second, fifty feet ahead. Three seconds, one hundred and fifty feet ahead or three boat lengths ahead. So the, f- the first race uh, today, in the, uh, on Saturday, Artemis uh, has the three-second lead at the first mark. They uh, jibe. And with these races so short because of the time, remember they have to make the races shorter to get the time in. So these races aren't full-length, what we've seen in the past, full-length races, because the, the, Ian Murray is under pressure from the the uh, NBC team to uh, get these races in in an eighteen minute time zone, so they get to the lower mark less than three minutes from the mark one because the race is so short. So they New Zealand comes around, uh, follows uh, Artemis around the lower mark, uh, the second what we'll they call it mark mark two, and uh, pretty equal speed. Except that uh, up near the right-hand side, Team New Zealand makes a wonderful tack. Never coming off their foils or slowing down. And don't forget, eight knots is this is difficult to do. You stay on your foils all the time. And so they, um, they set up uh, on the uh, right-hand hip of, of the uh, Artemis Racing, and they head off to the left-hand lay, uh, lay line, to the left-hand boundary. But uh, the speeds are pretty even. I can't, you, can't, you can usually tell from above was one boat faster or slower, and if the gauge is changing one way or not. We couldn't tell the real difference here uh, watching this race if uh, one boat had a VMG edge or not. 
So they head off the starboard tack off to the port lay, uh, boundary. And now, <laughs> you won't believe this. You won't believe this. But uh, Outreach goes too far into the boundary, which is illegal, gets a, picks up a penalty with a nice lead. Not a nice lead, but a, a lead nonetheless, a couple boat length lead. And now he has to slow down to pay and pay his penalty and uh, basically race over because Team New Zealand, once they get into the lead, they're relentless. They, they're, all, they're all over uh, Artemis Racing, and uh, they go on to, uh, to win the race. So race two, uh, to a totally uh, different scenario, not a totally d- different scenario. The uh, Artemis, to make a long story short, Artemis takes the start, they have a uh, two-second lead at the first mark. They have a, a six-second lead at six boat lengths at the lured mark. And they went on to sail their best race that uh, I've seen, watching this for a few weeks. Very clean, clean tax, foiling 100% of the time. They stretch their lead. And what uh, a lot of people thought they'd never see is that it, without any uh, issues, uh, Artemis goes on to even the score. And after the uh, two races, it's uh, the score is uh, one to one, and everybody's going, "Wow, this is <laughs> this is uh, pretty incredible uh, to see uh, Team New Zealand eighteen seconds behind at the at the end." So now the pattern's starting to set up here. It seems like uh, it seems like that the uh, t- uh, Tom that Peter Burling is seems ha- not happy but content to start behind so the, the, or he's mistiming the start the time to the start uh his his eyes aren't working well and the uh or the computer's not working well and the the time from uh distance to the start is off because Artemis beat him again at the start so we gotta have to stand by and see how this is all going to turn out. So now we have race three on Saturday, and same scenario. Artemis wins the start. They have a two-second lead, which is, as we just talked about, a two-boat length uh, lead at the first mark. There's a four-second uh, uh, difference at the first uh, lured mark, but instead of this time, the uh, instead of uh, this time. Team New Zealand just following them all around like that lured mark. They organize a beautiful, uh, you would call it a jibe round. And I think that's what it really was, but they were able to jibe very close to the uh, lured mark, take the right-hand gate, and lost a couple of seconds. They're now four seconds behind, but they have a split, what we call a split, with the Artemis going off on port to the right-hand boundary, and we have... Team New Zealand headed off on starboard to the left-hand boundary, and upwind we go. Still pretty much the same direction, wind 240 degrees, uh, 10 knots, and there's not much in it. There's not much in it. But uh, again, Team New Zealand, they they just don't go away, folks. This is a sign of a fast boat. So they're hanging in there, not much in spite of uh, Sweden being on their... uh, their win several times. They're coming up uh, now to mark five. 
It looks to me like um, with the Artemis leading again, four-second lead, four boat lengths lead. It's close. It's not over. Uh, we have uh, Artemis headed off to the left, and we have Team New Zealand headed off to the right, coming up to the top of Gate 5, where all Artemis has to do is go around and go to Gate 6 and to the finish. It's pretty boring, actually. Uh, everybody's thinking, oh, my gosh, what is going on here? Artemis can be ahead 2-1 to one after the first day. And then so we see uh, Artemis tack, and we, we see uh, Outerage run across the back of the boat, and he doesn't stop. He slides like he's flying into a third base on a triple. He slides to go down into his little helmsman uh, cockpit, and he doesn't make the cockpit, slides right off the boat, and you cannot believe this, man overboard. And it's not just any man, it's your helmsman and skipper. So you uh, just complete disarray. You've got a grinder steering the boat, and uh, they decide that discretion is the better part of valor, and they uh, drop out of the race. So here, two races were lost, basically, I hate to say it, by a screw-up, by, uh, by uh, outrage. Into the boundary and then falling overboard? Come on, what the heck is going on here? So after the first day, the uh, Swedes, the good news is, three for three at the starts, but Team New Zealand... Uh, leading two wins to one and uh, breathing a big sigh of relief because it easily could have been uh, the other, uh, other way around. So that's Saturday. What about Sunday? Well, the uh, drama is uh, is always there, and uh, on Sunday this is quite a bit windier. So we, we uh, see the standard situation at the start, Again, the pattern seems to set itself with uh, with uh, the Swedes winning the start again, getting to the first mark. Remember, it's all about that first mark with a five-second lead. That's a big lead here. That's a that's a big a big lead, but uh, uh, with a good jive, team is hanging in there. They're uh, high on their boards. On this reach across what was interesting in this very first reach, it was a pretty even start. It wasn't that much in it, but Artemis was just so much faster on this power reach. I'm wondering if they have their boat set up for that first reach with their board, a uh, high-speed board on the port side that allows uh, them to have better speed because they they just, after an even start, three, four knots faster, and that's what allowed him to get to that first mark ahead, which we call winning the start, and uh, able to jibe, lead the uh, lead the uh, Kiwis into the lure mark with a five-second lead for uh, uh, what <laughs> I'm sure was a, a big relief. But uh, Artemis uh, goes on to uh, win this race by uh, 15 seconds, and now the... Uh, Racing is three to two, three wins for Team New Zealand and two wins for Artemis. So the last race uh, on Sunday, uh, race six, we see the uh, Swedes again. <laughs> Hard to believe, but they do it again. Six for six, they win the start again. But the Swedes are, seem to be having some uh, hydraulic problems. 
with their boards. And Artemis is, uh, again, faster reaching, but uh, the uh, lured mark, uh, they ha have a split going, and uh, Team New Zealand gains a win, pointing higher, and uh, Team uh, New Zealand goes on to a 4-2 uh, four, four victory with some big problems with the Artemis hydraulics. It, at one point, it didn't even look like they, they were going to be able to make the start here for the uh, race six. So after six races here in the Louis Vuitton final challengers round, we see definitely Artemis capable of uh, getting to, to that lure mark all six times first. But with the... Uh, with uh, Outerage making some mistakes and some good steady sailing and uh, fast upwind. The Emirates team is in, sometimes even, but they're never slower, and sometimes they're they're quite a bit faster. And when we see them get into the lead, folks, party over, party over. So in spite of making a uh, mistake at the uh, finish of the race six, where they got a little sloppy on the jibe, let Artemis catch up and make the race exciting, winning by one second. Kiwis look to be uh, dominating, dominating these challenger round. And uh, Monday, uh, we're going to see race uh, s uh, seven and eight if necessary. But basically, I think uh, we're going to see the Kiwis prevail somehow with only needing one more victory and the Swedes needing th uh, three uh, victories to progress on to the... Uh, to the finals. But uh, remember in San Francisco, including Dennis Conner, most of the knowledgeable people thought that the uh, party was over and Team New Zealand was going to win the cup. And then to see just that incredible comeback from Oracle winning uh, all those races. So we know it can be done. So three races in a row, we, we know that Artemis is um, a streaky team. They did it. They showed the Japan, the Japanese team, SoftBank, that they could do it. So I don't think uh, I don't think that they're breathing that easy over there in Team New Zealand. Yes, they're going to sleep tonight, and they're going to feel pretty good about their their results, and well, they should. And uh, they'll be the favorites uh, going into the Monday uh, racing, and uh, no doubt, uh, very very good, ch uh, strong chance of we'll see a rerun of the America's Cup in San Francisco if that that happens with Team New Zealand and it's Team Oracle. And uh, we'll all be standing by to see uh, what, what's going to happen. So I'll be back to you with uh, some more thoughts before the final racing starts uh, next Saturday. I'm going to try to uh, give you a little better play-by-play -play of the actual races uh, then if I can. So uh, do the best I can, to, I can to keep you informed. And uh, remember when it comes to food, can't beat specialty. Specialty.